Wow, Terry McAuliffe is going to announce soon on whether or not he's going to run for president in 2020. One of the all-time political hacks. Former DNC chair, former governor of Virginia. Oh, goody. And just the, the focus of the book, Our Town, just a hack. And he might run also, so it's very exciting for everyone. Um, saw this story in Tucker Carlson last night. It's uh, about a documentary. Is it fair to call it a documentary, Sean? Is that right? Is that what is that? Uh, it's like it a 15-minute report. It's a long-form report. I don't think it okay. quite reaches That's the documentary. Right. By a guy named Colian Noor. Works for NRE, NRA TV now. Sean tells me he became a YouTube sensation. Um, Sweeping the nation. Black guy with uh, hot political takes. He was essentially came to prominence as a Second Amendment guy. Right. Yeah. And I can see why the NRA wants to hire a, a black guy who's pro-Second Amendment just to try to help, you know, with your look. Right. I get it. You know, and it's he's, similar he's good. to a report we just heard on the Republican Party of California getting much more diverse. And it ought to be about ideas and not sure. ethnicity. Absolutely. But it does remove a PR uh, challenge. If you've got a bunch of different looking people espousing that set of ideas. So what the hell? Anyway, on this particular thing, he's uh, talking about the homeless situation in San Francisco. Here's a little chunk from the uh, the investigative piece, um, talking to homeless people on the street, talking about uh, the, the system as it currently works. San Francisco manages all of this through at least eight different city departments, issuing some 400 contracts with at least 75 private organizations. A tangled network of services with no unifying oversight by the city that actually hands out most of the money. So it's all a big good old boys club. The people that run the management of homelessness out of our city halls and our county seats are formerly no- owners of nonprofits. Gotcha. Business as usual. Yeah, we still got we still got fourteen thousand. Okay, great. We'll we'll try it better next year. Where's my check? We'll try it better next year. Where's my check? And the checks keep coming. Basically, this kind of industrial homeless complex, so to speak. Oh, big time. Right. Big time. We uh, got our prison industry. We got our pharmaceutical industry, which runs this country. And then we got our homeless industry. There's people that's running nonprofits for homeless in this tenure that are making $250,000 as an ED. That's BS. You say you care about homelessness, yeah. yet you're taking home $250,000 a year. That's ridiculous. That's ludicrous. So I like the term homelessness industrial complex mm-hmm. as and, and looking at it as a it's a it's a it's a money making thing for a lot of people, which it right. clearly is. Yeah, it reminds me of I've talked about this before growing up in Chicagoland, where so many of the uh, noble sounding uh, contributions of taxpayer money to activist groups just get funneled through the the people who run them. They keep half the money. They use the rest of it to bribe everybody to show up and vote Democrat every time. It's a, it's a scam. And what, what stinks is there's a lot of people that either donate money or sign off on, on, on taxpayer money for these programs with completely pure intentions. And then there's a lot of people that work in these organizations that actually care. Agreed. But as he just said there, you got a lot of gazillions of dollars floating around, particularly in San Francisco, but it happens a lot of different places. But they spend so much money on a whole bunch of different agencies that aren't working together. There's little oversight. There's no how much is, have things improved. Oh, they haven't improved? We'll give us some more money and we'll try harder. Right. I mean, just yeah. year after year after year. As Tim Sanford has pointed out many times, government rewards failure. You get more and more budget if you don't achieve your, your aims. And one more thing, and I got hip to this years and years ago, but it's worth reminding ourselves semi-regularly that, that most people aren't hip to this. A non-profit or a not-for-profit 
All that means is they don't make a profit. If we were to start the Armstrong and Getty uh, uh, Foundation for uh, the good of mankind. That's a good name. I like that. We took in $10 million in contributions, and we managed to spend uh, nine. Well, wait a minute. That looks like a million-dollar profit, right? No, wrong. Jack and I just pay each other a $500,000 bonus for that year. There goes our profit. We've made no profit. Now, it's a little more complicated than that tax-wise, but many of these nonprofits pay enormous salaries to the fat cats who run them. It's a scam, man. Not all of them, but that's why Charity Navigator, for instance, such a good website. They they track that sort of thing and will let you know what's actually going on. The Homelessness Industrial Complex. And if you care about the homeless a lot, you should want to stop this more than uh, the people who don't care. Because there's money being spent. It's just not necessarily being spent well or people taking a look at, at, at whether or not it's being effective. And if it's not being effective, then you got to try something else. Michael Gibson just wrote a piece that somebody uh, sent to us. Uh, he used to work for the Thiel Foundation, that uh, Silicon Valley zillionaire who, who tries to do good in the world. And I think he's, he swings a, a little to the right of most of Silicon Valley, which isn't saying much. But <clears throat> he wrote a piece recently called San Francisco's Slow Motion Suicide um, that's talking about how San Francisco from a distance still is a magnificent-looking city, but the closer you get and the harder you look at it, you realize, all right, there's not only a tremendous amount of ugliness, but a lot of the promise and growth has peaked and is receding because of the ugliness. Um, That's got to be true. He says, um, running a venture capital fund that invests as early as possible in startups, I see fewer and fewer companies choosing to come launch here meaning in the Bay Area. We opened our doors in 2015. Maybe 80% of our investments were in the Bay Area companies. Last year, less than, I'm sorry, half of them were, and we expect to see that number decrease even more in the years ahead. Andreessen Horowitz, the famed Silicon Valley VC firm, has announced that it's becoming more or less a hedge fund, presumably to focus on later stage opportunities. Peter Thiel, who's lived here since the 90s, is now decamped to Los Angeles and says there's less than 50% chance the next great tech company will arise in an increasingly expensive conformist Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is now more fashion than opportunity, Thiel told the Swiss newspaper Zeitung. Uh, The heads are the same. Incredibly expensive, extremely conservative in terms of, you know, taking chances on, you know, new ideas and the rest of it. And, and crumbling infrastructure, and then he goes into the uh, the homeless men, women, junkies, winos, dispossessed, property crime, uh, syringes, feces, it's, a, you know, the usual suspects. Um, it's just, well, you know, if you're looking for a bottom line, it's a continuing theme. All compassion and no discipline yields chaos, crime, and ugliness. So that uh, that whole 15-minute version of documentary news report, what you want to call it, that's available, Sean? Uh, I've only seen that clip. Uh, actually, no, no. Yes, it is available. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have, have the, the link, link on that. at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, we got a couple of quick texts, then we'll move it on. Move on. It all comes down to cronyism, as usual. They spend all their money on administration and working on getting the next contract. Right. And, uh, you know... I don't know that that's what uh, their intent is, but I guarantee you that it happens to a certain extent, mm-hmm. if not entirely. And there's nobody watching to make sure. 
it, I, I don't I don't know how you get such a soft head that you just feel like, okay, I threw we threw a hundred million dollars at the problem, so everything's good. And we'll just assume that everybody's doing their best, spending the money wisely, and whatever idea they come up with, even if they were trying their hardest, will work. Right. So there's no reason to have any oversight whatsoever. Right. I, I think a lot of it is it's like an opium shot to people's consciences. Um helps you sleep at night. Well, yeah, exactly. You you see the the unfortunate, the downtrodden. And we'll group all of them in one group, even though that is a stupid way to do it. There are plenty of people who are, you know, trustafarian, junky idiots by choice and the rest of it. And Seattle has really come to a reckoning on this. But so you, you, you pledge this tax money or you, you march and you promote this idea or another one and you feel like you've done something. Well, A, you haven't really done much and B, and adults understand this. There will always be losers in humanity. There will always be people who just can't be successful. And if you try to completely twist the society to eliminate that completely, you're going to become so twisted you don't function. And I just hope that people hang with it long enough and find honest you know, media outlets as Seattle's reckoning comes. And San Francisco's reckoning truly comes. The idea of we're going to eliminate all the have-nots, and we're going to pledge as much money as it takes, and we're going to ignore crime if it comes from people that we pity. Okay, but and if we're you... going to legalize crime, and we're going to let crazy people frighten and terrorize and hurt people because it's not their fault. But There's what, a reckoning. But what drives me crazy is you won. You won the argument. Enough people agreed, or you knew the right people or whatever to get the money for these programs. Now pay attention to what they're doing. Make sure they actually spend the money in a responsible way on something that works. That would be nice. But again, most people don't want that. They want an opiate for their conscience. They don't want the responsibility. Government will do that. Big government will do that. They'll bring us our utopia. Uh, Border Patrol official testified yesterday there are immigrants from 50 different countries illegally entering the U.S. right now. Wow. Oh, and I've got to get to the unforeseen consequences of legalizing prostitution. I may change my mind on this topic. Well, I'm I'm all uh, all for more info on that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. This is Billy Ellish. Billy Ellish. Yes. It's like Ellis only if you have a lisp. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, according to a Biz Journal in Seattle, Seattle, talking about what we were just talking about, spends a billion dollars a year on the homeless. $80,000 per homeless person. Welcome to Freeattle. A billion. Where people flock. 80000 per homeless. To live that lifestyle. There's no way you could make the argument the money's being spent wisely. If you're spending eighty grand for people and you have more homeless than you've ever had, right? So, right. Come on, now. you know it all comes same down. thing in San Francisco. Same thing in a lot of cities. It's the it's the homeless industrial complex. Yeah. There are too many places that are just running as a business. Hey, we have this many people work here making this sort of salary, and you the spigot is opened by people of good conscience yeah. who want to help the downtrodden. They're always necessary. 
you know, if you want to be a jerk, you could call them useless idiots to quote. Uh, was it Stalin or Lenin who said useless idiots? John Lennon? You just said it. Oh, well, there you go. You could call Joe Getty. Useless idiots, or, or you could call them people who are too busy or preoccupied to think through the unintended consequences of what they want to do. And that's that's one of the problems with populism is that if the crowd is shouting for something, the government says, yeah, all right, and does it. But people who think soberly about changes in society, changes in laws, understand that there's no action without an equal and opposite reaction or, or at least a significant reaction. You see it in tax policy all the time. I know, we'll tax the X. Well, people who make or consume the X just find a different way to get it or find something that's virtually the same that's not taxed, and your, your grand ideas, it's wasted. Hey, we have breaking news. Breaking news. This is legitimate breaking news, donkey breaking news. I was going to talk about hoes. All right. So the attorney general is currently being grilled by that uh, subcommittee about to build whatever it is. Um, but they keep asking about the Mueller report and everything mm-hmm. like that. He just said, William Barr said, quote, spying did occur in origins of Trump-Russia investigation. He used the term spying, which has been a... Spying on the Trump campaign. I assume that's what he means. Yeah. In origins of Trump-Russia investigation, I, I, I assume that's what he means. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm telling you, so it was that, it's, that Cambridge you, academic I was telling, about, telling you about yesterday. Here, let me let me read the actual article. Do, yeah. The headline: uh, Attorney General William Barr said Wednesday he believes spying did occur on President Trump's 2016 campaign. Okay, yeah. do you remember how See, widely he used the term spying? He was for saying his phones were tapped. Yeah, including by me, by the way. Yes, yes, it, with no evidence of it or whatever. Yes, I, just, I remember it well. I don't remember that at all, but I will use it to bludgeon him. Everybody, something to look forward to. Well, I remember you what, yourself said it. I did. I remember he had just given his first State of the Union address. It was the best he'd ever sounded and looked, and everybody thought, oh, okay, this is the guy that's going to be president. Right. Everything's Uh, fine. Yeah. That was just him campaigning. This is him giving his first State of the Union address. We're all fine. Then the Saturday morning, he says, the Obama administration tapped my phones. And everybody went, what? What now? Um, So he got information from somebody that turns out to be at least partially true. In uh, in spirit, it's true. Um, so that that's going to be a story. The attorney general is saying the Trump campaign was spied on by the then current administration. Mm-hmm. This is a big can of worms, man. Well, and the question comes: Was it justified? Was it a legitimate legitimate national security concern, or was it primarily you gotta motivated have by one, politics? You've got to have one hell of a high bar. I mean, a really high bar. Yeah. Before you start having administrations spying on other campaigns, right? Otherwise, you're you're not you're do, you're done. There was an astounding moment during Brett Baer's show last night, special report on their panel segment, in which the uh, very sensible and smart Mara Liason of NPR, Nakedly Progressive Radio, uh, she was on the panel, and they were talking about, um, uh, well, they mentioned the approval ratings and the bar report and. And then one of the folks, I think it was Pete Dominich of the Federalists, said um, there are a heck of a lot of people really curious about the next part of the investigation, which is the origin of the investigation into the Trump campaign, whether it was legitimate or And Mara said, I, I don't get it. The, the bar report or I'm sorry, not the bar report. The uh, Mueller report clears Trump of collusion. Just let it lie. Why would you bother to investigate that? And Brett Baer looked at her with wide eyes and said, to make sure it doesn't happen again. 
to make sure the intelligence services or the occupant of the White House isn't using the intelligence services to target their political opponents without justification. That's a horror. I mean, my friends on the left, good Lord, you should be four square in favor of making sure that doesn't happen. That's a terrible thing to happen. Do you want and Trump? Her cynical... Just politics is the only thing that matters attitude was it was just really disappointing. Do you want Trump's White House and his FBI to be able to spy on the Kamala Harris campaign just because? Just because they want to. To try to dig up dirt and ruin them? No, you don't. Well, right. Um, The rest of the bar quote, if I could stop getting pop-ups, this is something that's true. Joe figured this out. Yeah, this is the Getty principle. Conservative websites have way more pop-ups than liberal websites. The more conservative a website, the less usable it is. It's almost impossible to read any of the news on a conservative website because they have so many pop I don't know because it's more capitalists or what. I think spying in the Trump campaign did occur. This just happened. That's why we don't have audio. But the question is whether it was predicated, adequately predicated, and I'm not suggesting it wasn't adequately predicated, but I need to explore that. So the Attorney General is looking into how this whole thing started, and so is Lindsey Graham, and so are a bunch of other people. That is the question. And I don't claim to know the answer. I'm like uh, Bill Barr on this one. Uh, But I know enough to know it's absolutely a legitimate question to ask. They're going to figure it out. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? I've got more on Attorney General Barr, FBI spying on the Trump campaign. Customers charging some Uber and Lyft drivers with vomit fraud. (laughs) And Facebook letting the dead rest in peace. And some of the shocking uh, effects of legalizing prostitution. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. That Muslim congresswoman person who got in some trouble a couple weeks ago. Ilhan Omar. Um, yes. Comments about 9-11 that have some people riled up. We should probably talk about that oh at some point. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. She's the gift that just keeps on giving. And the suspense is killing me here. Loading, loading. My uh, wife is out of town, so Baxter the dog is home alone. And it just dawned on me that the, we have security cameras at the house, so yeah. i got to see what... What he's up to. You can monitor on your phone what your dog is doing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's smoking pot. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's... Oh, that's right. We we unhooked the the indoor one because it was making clicking noises. All I can see is outside. Oh, he could be doing anything right now. Oh, boy. He's probably on the computer looking at porn or something. Or... Tapping with his paws. Or laying on a cool spot of the floor asleep. (laughs) Yeah, most likely. (laughs) Doing what he does best, just like his master. Lying prone. I learned from watching you. (laughs) I find a cool spot to lay down, and then I just lay there. Uh, Occasionally lift my head if I hear a noise, then put my head back down again. Probably, you know, what he's probably doing is lying in where the shaft of sunlight comes in the window. He's right there. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. You know, it's our job as talk show hosts to make everything sound extra exciting, but this could be a major development. Right here, the news with Marshall Phillips. Attorney General Bill Barr saying today the FBI spied on President Trump's campaign. So I think spying did occur. 
let me. But the uh, question is whether it was predicated adequately predicated and i'm not suggesting it wasn't adequately predicated but i need to explore that Bart. so the attorney general has announced they are going to look into how this whole checking on the trump campaign following people around listening to phone calls happened right was it on the up and up we'll find out well and i'll tell you and i mentioned this briefly yesterday there is a new report out about this uh, i think halpern is the name he's an academic he's a former intelligence guy he works at cambridge now and he holds these gatherings and dinners and all where various intelligence service heavyweights and scholars and reporters get together and they right. have dinner and they talk about intelligence and he does seminars and stuff like that. But he invited General Flynn and this Russian grad student attractive woman writer gal researcher and and subsequently like Carter Page and uh, and and old uh, Snuffleupagus uh, Papadopoulos. Right. And all, and he invited these people to these dinners, and a lot of them were like, "It came out of the blue. I don't even get along with the dude." And all of a sudden, I'm at a dinner party at his house. Dinner table it seemed strange to me at the time. Now it's turned out that he was the FBI's confidential source for a lot of the information that they used to start the investigation into the Trump oh. campaign. But some of the people who were invited to the dinner parties are like. He had to invite me at the behest of somebody because I don't know why the hell he invited me. And it is thought that, yes, the FBI initiated the very contacts that were then cited as reason to start the investigation. Gotcha. That's And I don't know that to be true. But if Bill Barr is reading the same stuff I'm reading, and he probably has that and more, it's definitely worth a look. You ever grin down a bar? Never have, Jack. I'd like to believe if I could. If I would, I could. You know, it's a Davy Crockett if reference. I was tested. You should read some Davy Crockett or watch Brenda, a movie. What is that? A wrestling and a crocodile sort of metaphor? thing? Yeah, it was yeah. like a frontiersman sort of thing. He could grin down a bear. He'd yeah. just look at it and grin, and somehow it would back off for the some reason. The bear would come after him, and he'd just look it right in the eye and show it you're missing with the wrong uh, feller. Yeah, the song the goes. Bear would go, wee, 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 and run back off into the forest. As Couldn't a, grin down Santa Ana, though. As the song oh, goes. Oh, as the song goes. Oh, I got a groan. Davy Crockett. <laughs> Davy Crockett killed the bar when he was only three. There That's you go. how the song goes. Meanwhile, President Trump. That seems very unlikely. <laughs> Meanwhile, President Trump was once again. Fact be- check. It was an unusually <laughs> large squirrel, all right? It looked like a bear. And uh... Meanwhile, President Trump was once again blasting the Russia investigation today, saying it was all started by haters. Everything about it was crooked. Every single thing about it. There were dirty cops. These were bad people. Now, I will tell you this. God, this could turn into a huge campaign issue. Because I'm not leaps to a conclusion guy, which probably makes me a bad talk show host. But it is possible, because General Flynn was doing stuff in Russia. He was doing speaking engagements. He had dinner at at Putin's table at some event, that sort of thing. And then he was going to be the national security Mm -hmm. advisor. Could it be, as, as old Bill Barr indicated, that that alone made the intelligence services so uncomfortable? They thought, look, we got to at least do a serious inquiry into that and it turns out to be justified yeah that's possible yep. but we sure as hell got a look trump going on today to call it what they did was treason what they did was terrible what they did was against our constitution and everything we stand for so we'll those, those are the latest developments and lindsey graham's going to be on it yep bar's going to be on it yep 
In other news today, Uber and Lyft users may be the target of fraud. It is being called vomit fraud. A Los Angeles woman claims that she was billed 100 bucks by a Lyft driver to clean the back seat of his car, saying she lost her lunch on a recent ride. Well, she said that she and her husband had an uneventful, quiet ride home from a friend's house, but the next day she got the bill. The woman says she tried contacting Lyft repeatedly, saying the driver was stealing the money and she never threw up. The money was eventually refunded, but apparently there have been other yeah, reports this has around been the happening all over the country. We've yeah. talked about this because you can just say, hey, you threw up. Yeah. No, I didn't. Well, you owe us hundred dollars. You get you're you're going to get banned from Uber, and you think, well, God dang it, I need Uber. I travel for business. Yeah. yeah. Well, send you my hundred dollars. Your your <coughs> payment information is already connected to the app, so I sure. don't even know right. if you need to approve. That could be the hundred dollars. They right. just they just claim, oh no, this person did this, and it's automatically taken out. Well, and drunks puking in the back of cars is not a rarity in the uh, world of ride sharing. But I think uh, I've only done it once. Positive, which Sean, is plenty. Uh, 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 puked in the back of an Uber. Of a car in general. Oh. Just in oh, a car. Yeah. I've uh, never puked in the back of an Uber. Positive Sean hipped us to another scam uh, through the ride-sharing services. Sean, briefly? Uh, yeah, there was a, a gentleman dropped off somebody at the airport and then immediately went back to where he picked up the person and robbed their house because they weren't there. Right. Makes yeah. perfectly a uh, pretty good plan. Yep. You pick up what appears to be a single guy from his spot. Yeah. You think, okay, I'll and just you, go back. Uh, I know you're headed. Where are you headed? I'm going to Atlanta for a week. Okay, cool. Well, and if you're at all a clever scumbag, you could probably, you know, ascertain from the person if there's anybody else who's going to be at home. Right. Leaving the family behind, huh? It was uh, one of those. Some singer. Or my husband's out of town as well or something. Right. One of those Internet of Things doorbells was how we actually caught the guy and figured out, oh, that that was the guy who just dropped me off at the airport. Mm. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. My dog will bite any uh, would-be burglars unless he's too stoned. (laughs) The unintended consequences of legalizing prostitution. Was that going to happen? Might, yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the trend, actually. I'd say it's more likely than not. Specifically, its effect on human trafficking, sex slavery. So this is a different kind of outdoorsman. This This is a guy in a buffalo. Well, this is the guy without a buffalo. Or is this the origin story? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. If any of our listeners start on the guy in a buffalo videos on YouTube, they won't hear the rest of the show because they're endlessly entertaining. Uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Our country neighbors got quads, and their quads are faster than my kids' quads. Oh, As he found out yesterday as he drove down the... He was so excited, I let him drive along the ditch along the country road outside. He felt like a grown-up, but anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, ventured off the uh, the reservation. Their quads are faster than our quads, and that was quite the... uh, Quad wars. (laughs) Keeping up with the Joneses. Exactly. 2012 study published by World Development involved uh, various researchers from the German Institute for Economic Research, University of Heidelberg, London School of Economics, Political Science, uh, analyzed here in the Harvard Review, I believe. Yes, that's correct. 
Um, and the title of the uh, the study is "Does Legalized Prostitution Increase Human Trafficking?" It's a great example of unintended consequences. Okay, with the argument being as we were talking about yesterday, there's a um, 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 politician in New York, but it's a couple of people around the country think that would help do away with the underage and the people doing it against their will. Mm-hmm. We allow it to be done legally. Johns go to that legally. We put a lot of social and uh, legal pressure on people who do it illegally. Right, yeah, hammer them. 50 years in prison, whatever. Actually, that might work. But, you know, if you think about it, forget prostitutes for a while. If it were illegal to get a maid, if you had to do all your own housework and only people who were willing to break the law could have somebody vacuum for them, uh, you know, if you legalized maids, you wouldn't think as many third-world maids would be, uh, you know, imported against their will illegally. But... So they did this big study, and they found the following. And there is a twist at the end, so stay tuned for the twist. Pay extra for the twist. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah, uh, that's not taking this seriously. No, it's and not. And that's wrong, Robert Kraft. The study's findings include countries with legalized prostitution are associated with higher human trafficking inflows than countries where prostitution is prohibited. Well, that on its face is interesting. The scale effect of legalizing prostitution, i.e. expansion of the market, outweighs the substitution effect, where legal sex workers are favored over illegal workers. Okay, stop for just a second there. So does that mean... So I've always wondered, if you legalized marijuana, would that many more people be smoking marijuana? It had no effect on me, whether it's legal or illegal. I'm not smoking marijuana. I did before, I'm not going to now. But how many people would if they could legally? Well, we're kind of finding that out. But this is saying for prostitution, there's a pretty big jump. Right. Big enough that it counteracts and surpasses the substitution effect. Legal substituted for illegal and or willing substituted for unwilling sex workers. And the marijuana thing's a little different, too, because all you care about is the number of people using. Um, because that's the, the, the bad to society. If you believe people getting high all the time is not terribly great for society. But anyway, um, so it actually, the size of the market increases so much, it counteracts and overcomes the good. The effect of legal prostitution on human trafficking inflows is stronger in high-income countries than middle-income countries because trafficking for the purpose of sexual exploitation requires that clients in potential destination country have sufficient purchasing power. Domestic supply acts as a constraint. Uh, criminalization of prostitute in Sweden resulted in the shrinking of the prostitution market and the decline of human trafficking inflows. Cross-country cons- comparisons of Sweden with Denmark, where prostitution is decriminalized in Germany, expanded legalization, are consistent with the quantitative analysis, showing that trafficking inflows decreased with criminalization and increased with legalization. So there are a, a quite a few people that would go to prostitutes if it were legal. Yes. And so you just need more prostitutes. Right. And they come from bad places. Right. And there are... I think you they know, usually come from bad places, in, even if it's just psychologically. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and there are people who want the uh, specialty sorts of prostitutes of whatever description. Um, and it still remains Clown profitable hat. enough to... Exactly. Clown right. hair. Uh, red and, nose. And full makeup. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you got that. Uh, now, I will tell you this. This is a great example of what I'm talking about. You, you go off because you feel self-righteous and you demand a policy and you don't spend two minutes thinking about the unintended consequences. Well, here's one difference. The, they also found out, uh, where is this, that life improves significantly for the sex worker if it's decriminalized because it does come out of the shadows. 
and in the main, the sex workers themselves are are treated better, and there's less violence and and that sort of thing. There's better health, blah blah blah. Um, and then they mentioned while trafficking inflows may be lower, prostitution is criminalized. There may be severe repercussions for those working in the industry. Uh, for example, criminalizing prostitution penalizes sex workers rather than the people who earn most of the profits, the pimps and traffickers. And so they make the point that if you really want to uh, minimize the ugly stuff, you've got to have, you know, look at the prostitutes as witnesses, not as the criminals. It's the people profiting from it that you really ought to mm. be targeting, whether le- legal or illegal. If somebody trades in slavery, Rape slavery, because we don't like the term human trafficking around here. It sounds like something, you know, uh, Costco does to to in, uh, increase their efficiency. You know, it sounds like logistics or something like that. It's a sterile term. If you engage in rape slavery, I'm fully comfortable with a life sentence. Life sentence, no parole. You're trafficking yeah. in slaves for Heck the yeah. purpose of having them raped. You should never nope. breathe another free breath nope. for the rest you're, of your life. You're not a person that can be rehabilitated. Right. And I'm a guy who's not that hardcore on on having prostitution criminalized. The, the reason being a fairly obvious one. You have a perfectly lawful activity. Sexual intercourse between two consenting adults. But because one pays the other person in currency as opposed to the uh, the other things people do in exchange for sex throughout their lives. Some people then it becomes criminal. I d- that just doesn't make sense in an allegedly free society. It seems, it just doesn't seem right to me. Uh, and I understand the, the disgusting nature of a lot of behind the scenes, you know, in prostitution. But it, like most things, it's a little more complicated than it seems. So if you were concerned about getting hit with a bill from an Uber driver for vomiting in the back seat when you didn't vomit in the back seat. Yeah. We got this text. I'm a Lyft slash Uber driver. A lot of people do both. Yeah. You have to show clear pics of the mess a vomiting rider leaves. That driver who was ripping people off had to have shown pics from another incident if the rider who got scammed, in fact, did not puke. So you'd have to have some sort of photographic evidence. Mm. So either they're using the same pictures over and over or they're vomiting themselves or hiring people to vomit. I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Or if there's a night where... Professional vomiters. Somebody vomits. Maybe you just put claims in for like four rides instead of right. one, and maybe good one. two of them have, don't catch it. Got to have a legit timestamp on your pictures, um, and then you know because the app shows when you're dropped off and the rest of it. But a good criminal. But how could often get does this there. happen? I mean, seriously, I drank Which a lot. End? The, the vomiting in. I a drank lot. a lot and hung around a lot of people who drank a lot, and I've witnessed vomiting in a car one time in my entire life. Did we all just have strong stomachs? I hung around a lot of people partying really hard, riding in the back of cars for right. many, many years. Right. And I only saw it once. Now, yeah. Does uh, it happen a lot, or is it girls? I, well, it wasn't. Oh, listen to the mostly sexism. Mostly guys. Listen to the sexism. And the little ladies can't handle their drink. Well, they actually can't because they metabolize uh, alcohol differently. But um, what percentage of Uber and or Lyft drivers who've done it for six months have had somebody puke in their car? I would guess it's over 50 Really? More than yes. half? Yes. God, I'd st- I'd quit that day. Four one five because it's your own car. You get it detailed. I'm not. I don't and care. The customer. Pays. I don't care. Oh, it, you're, it's cleaner than it was before they. Up-jumped. I don't want randos vomiting in my own car. Well, nobody <laughs> wants it. But again, your car's clean and shiny. You think, wow, this is nice. I'm really sick to my stomach, and actually, I threw up yesterday. 
I'm telling you, it's over half. Uh, Uber and or Lyft no. drivers. Let's you just call got... them Luber drivers. 415-295-KFTC. You can... 415-295-KFTC. Has somebody upchucked in your car? You can get it clean, but if you have cloth seats, it's never going to be the same. Never going to be the well, same. Well, if you're going to drive for Uber, you shouldn't have cloth seats. I it's, prefer it's, cloth yeah. seats in a car. Oh, My cars have cloth them. seats. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> What's terrible about it? Oh, the cloth. <laughs> It's not, it's not leather, for one. I like them better. But but uh, see, here's what I don't get. Leather is so much easier to clean, or fake leather. That's what it's all about for me. Mm. I'm a realist. I'm going to spill. I'm going to drink coffee in my car, and I'm going to spill, because I'm an idiot. Let me see if we got any text. Got a few. They're coming in so fast that the text line can't keep up with them. Boy, the bar uh, announcement that I think there was potential spying on a political campaign is getting a lot of attention. That is a big story. It darn right it is. A big effing deal in the words of Joseph Biden. Nice hair. <laughs> uh, got this text. Do you mind if I stroke your child? I had someone puke in my car, but she was nice enough to open her own purse and puke in there. I've seen women do that. That is very courteous. I've seen women puke in their purse. It's an excellent short-term decision, long-term, not so much. Depends what you got in there, I guess. I don't know. I drive US 95. Oh, this is somebody who passes legal brothels in Nevada regularly. Oh. I have repeat never seen a car or truck parked outside one of these brothels. That's interesting. They're not doing very good business. They're doing something in there. I would think. It's the ride-sharing economy. You can't really judge by you know, a parking lot anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> they're Ubering there because they're going to have a couple of cocktails and they want to be responsible. Puke in the car. Right. Or they're uh, parachuting from their Gulf streams. <laughs> Happens all, a lot of Richard Branson types, a lot of moguls <laughs> there at your, at your Pahrump, Nevada hoe houses. I barfed behind a couch at a college drinking party. That's not a helpful text. That's not That's not, <laughs> not info for our survey. Not for you know, this is broadcast. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Fifth of Hennessy. 